started up watching the Shogun. Uh, I stopped after the last Insanity one. Um, I think they had gotten deputized. The the snakes got deputized. Uh, I started rewatching a little earlier because I wanted to pay a little uh, more close attention to it. Uh, but I was extremely frustrated by the just how insane the show has gotten uh, most of why I'm watching it is just I could talk about it a little better but I think a small part of me wants to just see how they kind of, they closed loops I just want to know um, oops that's the wrong one I want to know how they're gonna tie everything together. I. Alright, so. From the first season to this season, to uh, the current season I'm on, and I, I've gotten to a point where they've gotten deputized again. Um, it's gone from this mystery uh, uncovering the. Uncovering the dark secrets of the town. You know, all of these people have these dirty secrets that they want. They need to be aired out, and these four kids are there to uncover them. And it's turned from that into this uh, mad dash to, uh, for control over Riverdale, and it's kind of like a cheap. Game of Thrones, it's, it's turned into like a very generic Game of Thrones because you have all these factions uh, trying to fight over this small a small town. You have uh, Hiram, Ron Kazad and his gang, or mob. You have the mob. You have the snakes, uh, the ghoulies, the princess whatever the emo ones or gargoyles you have the gargoyle king who's still a mystery and you have uh, the kids trying to reclaim what peace they had but you know there's a lot of uh, references of where or they make a lot of point of like a big point to that you know going back to old Riverdale is impossible anymore which is you know, understandable because of all the events that's happened to them, everything that's transpired between just the citizens and the world, it's kind of hard to get back to a town where uh, to to normalcy. Um, I think today I'm gonna focus specifically on the mob element of the show. I come from. Well, I expect a lot from the mob, from from the mob element, because there's a lot of good references. There's a lot of good reference uh, material that they could have gone with. So my standards are high when it comes to this stuff. Um, I understand that the show, for what it is, I can't expect too much. You know they do have to whitewash it a little bit so that the heroes in this show can be heroic you have to kind of make the villains in this uh, show 
dumb enough that they can be overturned by due diligence. And yeah, the characters, the main characters in the show are supposed to be smarter than average, but um, at the end of the day, they're still kids because they still make the amount of mistakes that they do in order for them to uh, still be flawed. But they have, but there's always this uh, convenience to to this plot where even if they mess up a lot, it'll get tied down. Does still live with the consequences. There's still the consequences. Still mess something up in society. You know, like pops getting bought out, the theater getting bought out. Um, Kevin, you know, turning to the cult, stuff like that. That's still is overshadowed over uh, just still playing and I like that that they don't just get uh, ex machina into into a you know rosy ending there's always this dealing with the mistakes that they made making more mistakes and just mounting it on and that's frustrating for me just because you know they never learn from the last mistake so there's no growth in the characters excuse me there's like there's no growth in these characters for them to just be for them to they're always going to be the same you know and that's kind of boring well, not kinda, it is boring, because there's no point of them going on an adventure or on a journey if there's no, if they're gonna end up in the same spot. Um, the gang element in this show is really frustrating because, I have the flying one, nope. Because it's just so dumbed down and whitewashed. So you have this uh, figure, Hiram Lodge, or Veronica's dad, who's supposed to be this, uh, who in all the sense of the word is a failed mob boss. He, you get in the beginning of the show, you get, you know, the sense that sh he was some shady businessman, like he had a ponzi scheme or something where he um oh i have to fix my, my key bindings um well he had a, he had this ponzi scheme move that over shoot it's all messed up and you you only get snippets of information of what exactly he did so you understand that he tricked all these people into out of their money into investing on some venture and he ended up stealing all their money and that's the main um, that's the main drama behind veronica and her family when she first moves to the city that no one trusts her because of the shady businessman of a father that she has and he's in jail because of this he gets out really fast. I guess I wasn't, you know, 
I guess it wasn't too serious of a charge because it's like a month or whatever or a year and then he comes he comes out the you find out later that he was that he's some kind of I going the right way find out later that he he is a mobster he has capos and he has all these shady uh, guys that work for him but he is uh, by definition a a a mobster because the show tells you he is but if you look at facts kind of feel the facts he he lived in New York uh, some something happened someone snitched on him or whatever whatever the case is he goes to jail after jail instead of going back to his, his uh, to his territory I guess um, he goes to Riverdale uh, that's that's where I kind of think that he kind of he got ran out he got run out of uh, New York because he's such a low-level uh, mobster. There's a scene where, and I've talked about this before, where he has a meeting with real mobsters, and again, real is used loosely because of how they react to his, betray you know, betrayal and how they treat him. Because, uh, you know, he disrespects these like real mobsters that have a real presence and and. And are real players in the game, supposedly. Uh, and the worst that he gets from it, uh, I'm a horde. I don't know. I don't know the city. This is my my first time in the city. And the worst that he gets from it is that his they send some guy to go kill Pranik and Hamam, but they end up surviving it. You know, he's still able to operate in Riverdale, um, for the most part, undisturbed except for the for the kids who are investigating them, which is fair, you know. Who else would suspect them? There are people that suspect him, but they put him off as this super smart strategist who's like always ahead of the curve. Like he's always everything you're gonna do. Um, he's always three steps ahead of you because he's so smart and he's uh, he's been playing this game for so long that he has this plan, this grand plan uh, for Riverdale that you can try to mess with it, but it's already so in motion that every time they try to stop him, uh, them being the kids. Um, he has an answer for them, and he's able to to slowly take over. I mean, pretty quickly because he takes over some town that's next to him as well. And he's all he's able to put you know all the people that he wants in power by the end of the second season. So he they try to show like uh, play him off as this incredibly smart character. Uh, my issue with this, with him, is that I don't really think he's smart. I think he's, because he's, he's failed. If he was really smart, 
and he was this uh, tactician, incredible tactician that was able to manipulate the world in the way that he wants to, he would have stayed in New York and been in power in New York and he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have gotten caught in, in um, whatever scandal it was. But instead, because because he got ran ran out, and they they mention it too when he has his meeting with the with the New York gangsters, that he doesn't have anybody left, so the gangsters aren't afraid of him. He had, he has uh, Archie and his little gang of kids, and and that's the that's the main point of why I don't think he's he's as smart as he's supposed to be. Because he's all the people that he's beating are kids. I mean, there's a town that he's also quote unquote beating, but it's kind of hard to say that you're this tactical genius overtaking the town when nobody's really paying attention or nobody's really playing. He he does all these shady deals as an anonymous, you know, buyer. So he's able to buy all this land as an on, anonymously. Uh, there's a few people that will question it, but no one ever acts on it except for these kids. I mean, that could be part of the, because um, I understand that Riverdale is supposed to be this microcosm of the United States and like all the issues that it deals with, whether it's the drug use, the the gangs, the cults. Uh, and you know these hostile global takeovers of or corporate takeovers of towns are supposed to reflect what happens in you know small America and how it's taking over you know, a peaceful American um, culture they even have segregation in the town which I think I think it's kind of problematic I'll talk about that in a different, um, a different day. As you wish. So you have this guy who is supposed to be smart, who's taking over this town because no one's paying attention. And even though you have these four kids who are supposed to be the heroes and overturn them, they overturn them, they're easily manipulated. Um, and they're trying to just be teenagers. There's like multiple, and I know like a lot of it is fan service. A lot of the show is fan service, so you'll get a lot of. They'll break the plot a lot to sing you a song or have some pointless romance scene or whatever. But it's just, at the end of the day, it's just kids trying to be kids, you know. Um, they are taking over on these huge responsibilities because of their characters. But at the end of the day, they're still trying to juggle school because, you know, there's. And they'll sprinkle in, oh yeah, we have the SAT, you'll study for the SAT, or um, they're trying to do stuff with their friends to try to normalize their lives while the, all of this big stuff is happening. And that's when he makes his moves because he doesn't have to do deal with all the kid stuff. He's This is his job. And from morning till night, this is what he's doing. And... For the, for the most part, I can't, it's kind of hard to, it's cringy to watch. When his scene comes out and he becomes this like debonair, 
uh, super elegant uh, mobster guy. He he's always trying to act tough, but it's just so artificial and so hard to fear and respect a man who's just whose only real opponent in the show is kids. You know, um, there are moments when where you get where it'll flash uh, instances where he does real gangster shit and he's like kills orders someone to get killed or someone to get their legs broken but as far as real gangster shit he never goes and kills you know he's never gonna kill the main characters and that's a hindrance because there's never that fear or that tension that you need from a mobster to make it a real threat. So he's kind of, of an annoyance more than anything cause, because he's gonna make it harder or cause need, needless drama for them to, um, for the kids to have to not be together. You know, he, he makes it so that R2 runs away and, and spends his time away from home and has this transition of from uh, childhood to adulthood kind of rapidly because he sends them to jail and sends them to the forest and kind of exiles them and that's just a really weird plot point um, it was a weird flex but it was one that had to be done in order to uh, it was one that needed to be done in order to have this transformation even though the transformation led him to a more gritty version or a more impulsive version of um, Archie because he's already going that route uh, he had you know through lack of guidance and he had a lot of guidance, so it's just kind of hard to justify. But uh, he was always always going through this route, and his sending him to jail or whatever didn't really affect much. It just made him have scenes where he's just drinking for and getting drunk for no reason or like not caring about you know kid stuff minor annoyances that he's able to do because that is his job it's not because he's so smart it's because it's no one's there to do anything about it And then uh, this is kind of more complicated or made more annoying by uh, all of these gangs that pop up. Uh, the town starts sleepy. Like there's gangs that they talk about uh, loosely, um, and then there's the serpent gang that Jughead at first is well, he 
he's always a little bit defensive about. But there's there's those gangs. There's the other. There's that other gang, the Duelies, and then a uh, new gang, the Gargoyles, that comes in after the fact as a uh, really kind of, it was kind of a weird plot point um it's just like the next villain that they have to uncover and unmask is uh the leader of the gargoyles and why they why the gargoyles are there gunpowder 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 and then you have Jughead's mom was also a gangster. And it's like... It becomes a... Really bad version of... This is the problem with the shows. It becomes a lot of... It tries to copy a lot of uh, better shows. And, and for the most part... And like even the episode titles are like titles for movies that I would rather be watching than the show. And, and better shows that I should be watching that they try to copy because it doesn't it's it's kind of like a parody it's like what would happen if um, the Mayans or Sons of Art Anarchy was run by kids you know or teenagers or what would happen if if kids were in cults or what would happen if Game of Thrones was about kids you know it's not as impressive and, the, and it doesn't help that the characters aren't, you know, get to follow with. But you have all these gangs just filling the streets of Riverdale, and you have all this um, drug-fueled beef over trying to get over Riverdale. And, and Riverdale now has a huge drug problem because there's so many drugs, either intentional or unintentionally, uh, being con uh, consumed. I hate this part because of how gang life is portrayed. It's just all the moves that they make. So Veronica becomes a, a mobster-esque uh, figure because of how how things shape up. And my issue with Veronica is that she, there's a lot of issues with her, but her character will constantly be ashamed of her father and, and what he does, but she will take his money. She will reap the benefits, and when she emancipates herself, even when she emancipates herself um, metaphorically, she's still dependent on him and his money, and he, she's still going back to him. Uh, even if she tries to break free, there is that that she either unconsciously or consciously does and most of the characters do this they'll um, act in a way disregarding consequences because they know that there's a safety net either by a parent or some adult in this in this town is going to come in and fix their problems or um, either or you know delay the, the bad outcome A little longer. It's just gonna uh, push it forward. 
but for Veronica, it's she she breaks free from this uh, from her father. She buys pops or whatever. She owns pops, and she tries to set up her own legit business. Uh, her father, because of his weird, ungodly obsession with his daughter. <laughs> Puts a wrench in her efforts to be legitimate in every turn to the point where, and this is again probably the microcosm part of it, or just at making it as they go. They, she has to start doing shit because because when if she first opens the the bar or the pops, she works at it legit. You know? She's starting to, uh, she she runs the diner like pops did, and. She notices that it's not making money, so she decides to open this underground like club for teens, where they sell juice, and it's a cool looking spot where people can come and hang out, which is already what Pops was, but now she wanted to do an edgier um, version of it, which sort of, from a financial perspective, kind of was a little too soon because he was opening another business on top of a business that's already failing and it doesn't help that her father's sabotaging her efforts every time so from there she starts doing she slowly starts to try to break free from her because her father will come in and be like well I can help you if you let me you know you just have to tell me and through pride or because it's Veronica, she's, she'll always say no. Um, and because she wants to always say no, she's she's going to act irrationally throughout the series. So she opens up a casino in order to win some money, or to make some money to try to balance it out and survive another month. Uh, with a friend of her mobster, you know, who's not really his, her friend. Uh, it's just a mobster that she knows who tries to steal money and so here's here's where I where I keep where I you know she tries to um, break free do her own thing but she's so inexperienced oh, I don't have any location so what do you want me to do oh talk to stuff to everybody she's inexperienced and doesn't know how the world works so she she goes into business with a shady guy trusting his word and she finds out later that through her father that he he's going to steal money from her and cheat um i mean he warned her before what he was going to do he warned her that he, uh he was going to steal from her but she being prideful uh doesn't listen and it's okay you know it's her it's her uh, mistake to make the issue is uh her father comes back later and tells him and through you know her his own mob connections or whatever uh to, finds out like the plan that she's he's gonna do and tells her and even, even though she pushes him away and he's trying to become this independent figure and trying to cut ties with his uh, mob connections, she still 
benefits from it. She she accepts the benefits from them uh, constantly, uh, even though she tries to be legitimate. And in this world, even if she's a good character, there isn't a way in which she can be legitimate. And she finds out later too. Um, when she gets shaken down by her father, she'll get shaken down by her father and uh, Jekyll's mom because she's pretending. She's pretending to be in the world that she was never a part of. She's part of the socialite, uh, sheltered um, world in New York, trying to deal with you know dirty, shady people who have killed and will kill to get there. Well, they probably won't kill her because she's a main character. But there's that threat. There's that real presence as opposed to her pretending to be um, a madam. And I think she's a perfect metaphor for the gang stuff that uh, gangs in the show because they're all pretending to be something it's a lot more real and a lot more bigger than the show presents them as. You know, Jagged takes his gang and he neglects them a lot. He only, he, I think gangs in the show are there for convenience for when um, the plot, the plot isn't able to be moved, doesn't move forward. Just like a lot of the stuff, like a lot of the elements in the show, there's like plot points that are in the pocket for when you can't move it anymore. Like when the plot can't be moved anymore. Where am I going? Well, I guess the headmaster might be down there. Oh. So the gangs, whenever, whenever there's an issue that need, uh, needs to happen or whenever they need to deal with, with drugs or something they have to insert uh, gangs into it uh, to create this tension where is this? alright my bad and so like Jekka joins the snakes and at first it's a he doesn't want to uh, understandably why he becomes the leader uh, through inheritance and my issue with that is that he's kind of ruining the snakes of the I mean the snakes never really did anything in my opinion they were never a presence uh, they were like I said they were there to drive the plot to make an excuse like oh he was able to take over this town or or you know use this group of people in order to devalue some of the town and and make it cheap enough so that he can buy it and make money off of it and profit off of it um for, for, for Jughead the snakes are this excuse to have to be political he's part of this disenfranchised group and he's always been this disenfranchised person, but now he has an outlet. The, my issue with this gang is that, like most things, he's only they only appear when they need to. Most of the time, he's out trying to solve mysteries, 
dealing with his life trying to do kid stuff or write his novel and you get to hear his novel throughout the book and uh, throughout the show and at first it was okay but then he gets overbearing and that's another story but he forgets and neglects them a lot of the, the snakes I believe because they don't they're not doing king shit anymore or they they split off to the, they split off to the pretty poisons which is uh, the most ridiculous dumb just plot point I've had in a, I don't know it was just a really dumb move and a really dumb name for a gang and it kind of shows how the gangs on the show are really dumbed down as this fantasy and just the way it makes sense so when he does when he's not doing all his whatever they will conveniently be there for for you know to, to help him get find an escape like to find him like when Archie gets is being hunted down you know conveniently over the border there's snakes that will come and, and pick him up and take him to wherever he needs to be when he goes to prison there's conveniently snakes in there to protect him when <clears throat> when when he needs someone to be looked for he, he can send out a snake to go look for him there's he doesn't show any at any point in time uh, at least for me this redeeming factor or this uh, presence of leadership where people should follow him because he's a great leader there's never this moment where I, I understand that he's earned the respect of the snakes um, for undying loyalty so that when he barks this order when he sends people out to to spy on a group of people or or you know fight people or protect you know certain people I don't get the sense that I don't I don't get the sense that he's earned earned it to begin with it's more of an inheritance like his father was the leader of the snakes for whatever reason and his father's another issue because it's a grown-ass man um, hanging out with little kids hanging out with the little kid gang running around with the little kid gang and it's kind of uncomfortable kind of just like kind of sad I mean it is his gang but at, at, at this point of the show all of the snakes seem to be kids and for there to be this uh, overarching presence of because every moment you know when they need something, um, uh, some connection somewhere in some other city, there's a snake somewhere. And then for this gang to be ran by kids, I don't know any bank biker gang that would be, um, unless he showed some sort of kind of like Hiram, some kind of intelligence where they, they were making money. Um, to his leadership or there was some something that he did some big act that he that he was able to earn the respect of like adult men who have been doing this gang stuff for how, however many years and so for them to just follow orders for whatever reason it's kind of it's hard to believe 
that he still has the gang. And it's kind of frustrating that he gets frustrated when he's let the let the gang fall so long for so far. And there's a scene where there's that scene where they break up, where the where the their snakes break up into the men versus the women, and I understand that because you know there's this Tony's been in in that gang forever, and she's been you know a big piece of the puzzle of this of leadership in this gang. And then Betty, for whatever reason, wants to join in on the gang. And that's the dumbest, the dumbest, dumbest, dumbest move the show made. Because now you have all these sheltered kids running gangs for just like these sheltered kids running a gang on a war that should be that should be bigger, but feels incredibly small. And it's. And it's understandable why they break up, break off, like into the two groups, uh, the pretty poisons and the and the snakes, because it's it's slap in the face. Like I get that they broke the law, but he excuses the law sometimes, and he breaks the law a little bit because um, he's never there for the snakes when they need when he when they need him. And I, I would leave too because he's always gone. I'm trying to live my life. He doesn't let me do any of the things that would make me money. He's okay financially because he has all these rich friends. And the fact that the gang at at this point in time um, is still around is, is a little hard to believe. I mean, a lot of the stuff in this show is hard to believe. But I, it's kind of it's kind of funny that he's he's always surprised by this uh, by the fact that the, these people he, he's always surprised that these people always leave or that that his uh, his gang isn't being held together like it's sh like it should be when he's uh, only there to use them when he needs them and. That's what my issue with a lot of the characters in this in this show, or the main characters, that's that is is that they're not really good. They're all only good when they need something from another character. But you have that you have the snakes, the poisons, uh, duking it out, having this internal uh, conflict when they belong to the same sect. You have this mysterious figure that. Or the Goblin King, or Gargoyle King doesn't matter. It's all it's all bullshit. You have um, this dark emo gang that pops up randomly. <laughs> that is equally ridiculous. And you have uh, Jughead's mom's gang, which is arguably the more real gang of the lot. Even though when when Jughead's mom uh, uh, steps into the into the scene, she's like she's done. She doesn't. You can tell she doesn't want to be there. She's just collecting checks. Like her performances are so lazy and uninspired. 
but it's a paycheck. But they're they're the only gang that's actually out there doing gangster shit. Like they are at every turn, you know. They're chopping up cars, they're selling drugs, they're they're taking over the town hostily. And and it's it's more believable that they're gonna take over the town um, because of how aggressive they came in and how I would argue she's a little smart because she's taking she's actually playing the game whereas everybody else in the town wasn't so that's I have a little bit more respect as far as I don't like the gang stuff in this in the show I have a little bit more respect for her leadership and I understand why she is a leader of her gang. And how she's a player in the in this um in this game, and you can and you know Hiram has a challenger now, and you can see him duke it out in Veronica's spot. Um, but they also allude to the fact that Hiram is led, you know, might be led by someone else. But we have haven't gotten to that part yet, so it's probably gonna be something dumb. And I think, at this point, I think that uh, the cult, which is another gang in itself, um, the one that's led by Edgar, I think maybe Edgar has something to do with it. But it is what it is. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's really hard for me to watch the gang stuff when it's so whitewashed so because all these kids are in gangs and there's no real danger I mean they get shot uh, stabbed they get into fights on occasion but there's never that threat uh, at least for me where if there's ever a war and that's what they're trying to escalate to, that there's going to be this big giant war where all these players, the Gargoyle King, uh, Hiram, which might be the part of the, ga the Gargoyle King's plot, um, the snakes, the uh, Jughead's mom snakes, the people from the town, um, whatever gang Archie's going to make, because let's face it, he's gonna, he has that history of popping up and becoming, you know, this leader of uh, whatever vigilante group um, is going to pop up. Uh, Veronica, even as minor as she is. Oh. Um, her gang that she's going to make, cause she hires the pretty poisons at one point, so she's, they're trying to make her out to be this, you know, eventually she's going to be this mobster uh madam and that's gonna be and if that happens i'm gonna be really mad because there's no reason for her to be in that position of power either because a lot of what she does even through her manipulation isn't clever it's more that her charisma well, i guess you can call it it's it's somewhat believable but it's more her charisma is more for popularity, more than, you know, running this underground network or, or building another gang. Like, she's not gonna, she's never been a player in my book. 
as much as they, uh, I mean, they're making her a player by force, and they're gonna loop. They're gonna make. They're gonna go run circles and 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 make make up sh make up stuff to make her a viable player in this game. Even though realistically she can't be, she makes too many mistakes. She doesn't think big picture enough, and even when she's uh, trying to, she never. She's never a huge picture. She's always immediate uh, solve band-aid solutions she only at this point she only has the two uh, the two sources of uh, enforcement she has Reggie who is at this point has no has no personality he is whatever the show needs him to be he was the villain in the first season or he was the friend in the first season he was the villain in the second season he was he went back to the friend he's the boyfriend who the rebound boyfriend and he's this uh enforcer for a gang that's never gonna pick up that's never gonna like i said it's never gonna be a player in the game he goes and robs the he goes and robs uh they go and rob his dad's dealership and he gets shot and it's, that's when our, when kind of reinforces the fact that her position on the on the board is there because no one's going to take her out the writers are not going to take her out they're going to keep her there because they need this uh strong female uh character even though she's a really weak um character uh personality wise and Oh, it just she's uh just not a great character to have as a leader of a gang or a madam of a mob, and she gets she she keeps getting screwed over every time she tries to fix it. She keeps getting screwed over. She's in debt to her father and the other snakes so much so that every move that she makes is only digging herself out a little bit at a time, maybe throughout the season. I mean, eventually she's gonna. She's gonna be big, and it's not because of her intelligence. It's not because of her um, charisma. It's because the show needs her to be a player. Uh, that's it for me today. Um, I'll see you guys next time. Peace.